Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fishing Radio, and I'm Chip Gibson, Tree Hugger. We're we're here in the ATL, and uh, it's the last weekend of summer. Where's the oh? But we've got like the weekend off, and like we said right before the show, it's uh, the weather's been nice up until the weekend. Now they're calling for rain and wind, and my buddy Matt. Yak Chum up there in Jersey is like bumming out, right? He's got the day off yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, good evening, Chip. <laughs> yeah, hey, I got Matt. a four-day weekend, and the the uh, the wind's in. <laughs> I'm hoping to wake up tomorrow morning and get down to the beach, and there be a nice glass looking like water out there. So, so I'm hoping for. Oh, it'd be nice. Yeah, just it, just the the sea breeze comes in and lays it all down, you know, for you. Get up, sunrise, and go out there, and it'd be like just a big mirror sitting out there, ready for you to make some wake in. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. You can see maybe just some ripples out, just just about a couple hundred yards offshore of some bait fish, you know. But so you you launch you launch like from a big beach, or you launch in an inlet and have to paddle out. Um, well, this, this time of year and, and most of the uh, spring into the summer, into the fall, I, I fish in uh, a bay called Raritan Bay. And if you know the shape of New Jersey, it's um, as you come from south to north, there's like a a, uh, a dip in that goes into the, like the west, towards the west. Right. That's my fishing ground there pretty much. Uh-huh. So I, I launch off of all little beaches you know, with, with smaller waves. But as we get later in the fall, it's all ocean launching for the stripers. Uh-huh. So you surf launch off the right off the beach into the big waves. <laughs> to the big waves. And how far offshore do you do you have to paddle before you can get into some fish? Um, in the bay, it could be anywhere from 10 feet to three miles. It all depends. Right. Huh. I just thought that might be interesting. <laughs> Anywhere from ten feet to three miles, dude. Yeah. Just start fishing as soon as you hit the water, right? So, yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. You know, you throw a lawn and, out there and troll out. And um, yeah. The way the bay works is is um, there's a shelf off land. Uh-huh. I think the furthest from land it is is probably about uh, the furthest is probably about a mile and a half. Right. But most places that I drop in, it's it's only about 300, 400 feet off the beach, and it goes from about four or five feet of water right down to like 28 feet. Wow. And that ledge is where the most of the fish hold all year round. Uh-huh. So Raritan Bay there. That's it. Oh. Been fishing there since I was a wee little boy. Cool. What's, uh... What what are people what's catching right now, man? What's uh what do we see offshore uh, right now? Still flounder. Um I have heard uh sea bass is pretty good out in the ocean. Um small bluefish, uh, little snappers around. We uh-huh. call the baby bluefish snappers up here. The big ones choppers. <laughs> <laughs> big ones choppers and gators. <laughs> choppers and gators and they are too, man. Those suckers are mean. See them go through a a ball of pogies, man, and it's it just winds up being an oil slick once they get done. That's it, and a bunch of birds in there. I, I've seen seagulls oh. with one leg because of bluefish. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt it, man. I had I took some guys when I was the Pensacola. They uh, want to go fishing. I took them offshore. I, there was a couple of you know student guys that were there and. uh we went fishing, and they didn't fish much in the Gulf or in salt water at all, you know. And right as a guy caught his first fish, you know, and I heard him scream, I said, "Oh man, I forgot to tell you guys, don't put your, don't be lipping any of these fish." Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you don't want to do that. You could always tell that the Googans or the newbies are, are <laughs> they're, they're lipping those fish, and they're ending up with a, a skinless thumb. Or they, or they try to put their finger in through the back of their gills and don't realize that if you, if the fish has got a short mouth like a bluefish, he can still bite you. <laughs> but cool. So, when's the when's the best time of year for fishing in in your area? Uh well, fishing starts I guess typically in March and it's good. As soon as Pretty the ice up breaks until up, November. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, December it gets a little slow. That the bass have gone by, and you really, for kayak fishermen, it's it's uh, winter flounder. Um, they they say they've been doing better with them. I haven't targeted them in years. It's it's a two fish bag limit. It's just right. it's just a lot of work to, for to catch little twelve inch, uh, you know, winter flounder for me. But a lot of guys go for them. But uh, other than that, you need a big boat to get out there for the uh, the ling and cod. Right. They're way offshore. Uh-huh. I mean, uh huh. Some stripers will hang around, but it's it, there's not many to be had. You know, it's it's not like the biomass that goes by and through November coming down from uh, Massachusetts, going down to the southern waters where it's warm. Right. What's the what's the bottom like there? Is it sandy, rocky, combination? It's, Pretty much everything you could think of. Um, uh-huh. The fisheries up here destroyed the oyster beds years and years ago, probably way before I was born. And uh, so you, you got uh, mud in a lot of areas, and then you got sandy areas, and then you got your uh, mussel beds, and you got clam beds, 
but no oyster beds. No oyster there, beds. There's rocky areas. To, not a lot of rocks. Um, you'll find rocky areas where pretty much they dumped rocks from when they constructed Manhattan and New uh-huh. York City. Some rubble stuff, but, rubble piles. Yeah. But other than that, it's it's all that nice marine black mud, you know? Just that real stinky pl- stuff. That we call pluff mud. <laughs> yeah. You get your boot stuck in it and pull your leg out, it goes pluff. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But as you go south in New Jersey, you get into that sand line that runs from Florida uh-huh. all the way up to, uh, I guess it pretty much starts in on Sandy Hook in New Jersey. Um, a little bit of Long Island has it, but yeah, anywhere you see those those tall cedar trees. Yeah. And uh, so that area is a lot more sandy than um, most of the areas that I fish, which are uh-huh. more northern inland. And uh, and what kind of bait fish are generally? I mean, you know, like we've got, you know, uh, cigar minnows and pogies or uh, menhaden. Yeah, we got um, Menhaden. Um, you we got the mud minnows, which I'm sure right. are common all along the East Coast. Yeah. Um, no mullet. No mullet up here, though. No. Uh, no mullet. Ca- occasionally, you'll see some sardines and some uh, small those little needlefish, little gar. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A lot of spearing or silver sides, they call them. Okay. And uh, shrimp, grass shrimp, not like grass the tiger shrimp. shrimp you guys got down south, but. Yeah. Hmm. Do you ever do any like crabbing or lobstering up there or anything? I mean, is there is there that kind of fishery? Uh, well, lobsters all offshore. Also, a lot of lobster boats go out. Um, right. The crabbing fishery in New Jersey isn't the best. Um, a lot of people do it more south of here, where where I fish typically. But if you're going to go crabbing, you, you want to go to like Delaware, Maryland, Maryland, you know, the Delmarva area. Uh huh. Okay. Cool. Cool. What's a what's the water temperature kind of like? What's it what's it right now? Uh, from what I heard on the radio, ocean temps are low seventies. Ooh, that's uh, chilly. Seventy three, seventy two. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, we're usually in the seventy five area, but such a mild end to the summer here. Do you usually we wear like, like waders or a dry suit most of the year, or? Nah, um, I I pretty much take off the dry suit once the water and air temp, once you, once you add it together, equals about 120 degrees. Uh-huh. I think that's the standard rule. Yeah. Um, but 70 degree water isn't bad. It, it's chilly at first, but you get used to it. But it's not something that you want to, um, you know, flip in and right. and uh, not be able to get out because you eventually will become hyperthermic. But it just takes a lot longer than when you're in 40 degree water. Right. But I take my dry suit off around, I guess, I'd have to say mid-April, and it goes back on typically in November. Uh-huh. So, yeah, a little October when you get those really cold mornings. Right. But it warms right up for you. Get the air temperature up. Cool. And when you're when you're fishing, are you usually, you know, bottom fishing, or are you... Uh trolling or uh well it all depends on what species you're looking for i mean in the summertime right. it's mostly flounder fishing so you're definitely bottom fishing uh-huh. but you can catch pretty much anything bottom fishing 
up here. Um, but in the in the springtime, it's it's a lot of trolling for striped bass and bluefish. Uh, the, um, SP minnows, the Dioas, those work really good. The Ozuris, uh-huh. uh huh. Those all those plugs, excellent, excellent striper candy. Just got a couple of rod holders mounted. Put 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 a couple in and toss them out and then paddle along, huh? That's it. I, I use all conventional style trolling setup. So I just right. I let the line out about two two hundred two hundred fifty feet behind me as I'm paddling. And then I'll just leave the reel in a free spool, but I'll throw the clicker on. Yeah. So I'll, being the rods are behind me, I'll hear the I'll hear the uh, the free spool going with the clicker. You know, and then uh, I know I got a fish on. So. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. But yeah. flounder fishing is a whole uh, method in its own. I mean, you really gotta. Sometimes the fish are just sucking on the bait and spitting it out. Sometimes the fish are just inhaling it. Yeah. So you got to feel them out. Right. No, There's I, an art to it. There definitely is. I mean, at least, you know, down here, and you know, you're, we're usually, when we're going after flounder, you know, you're targeting, like, a little sandy mouth of a of an inlet or where there's a creek or something flowing through, you know, and you've got some sandy bottom. And then it's just, you know, bouncing a jig, maybe with a little shrimp on it, or, you know, you can use soft plastic, but... But you got to keep it down there. You got to keep it in the strike zone for those guys. And I've seen some videos of guys who put GoPros down and troll them along, you know. And you can just see it. You know, they're 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 ambush predators. They sit there on the bottom. They're waiting for that thing to come bouncing along. And I typically just don't keep it down on the bottom enough. Either I'm not using enough weight, or I'm just not patient enough to keep it slow and keep it bouncing along the bottom. So. Yeah, if you're not on the bottom, it's going to be tough to catch flounder. Although, I've seen flounder caught in about three feet of water on freshwater crankbaits. So really? <laughs> they, they, do, they do come up here and there, you know? Yeah, if it's shallow enough, I guess, you know, they, they can see yeah. it. they got they got two eyes on the side of their head there. <laughs> so, That's right. And they're just looking up, waiting for something. But they are an ambush predator. They like laying on the bottom. I think we've talked about it in previous shows, but... Um, one of the coolest things that I've been able to catch flounder on, I mean, I, I see, you know, like D. Kaminsky and uh, Chuck and all of them, you know, I've seen them, they're just, they'll take a jig head, you know, like a eight ounce jig head or a quarter ounce and put a soft plastic shrimp on it and then bounce that sucker across the bottom, catch flounder. Me, the thing I found is it's a rig that I, I learned about when I was fishing over on the Georgia coast. And it basically has, it's like got about maybe, oh, 18, 20 inches of mono with a jig head on it. And you can either put a, you know, a shrimp or tip it with shrimp and a little jig. But then it's got a small, uh, on that 18 to 20 inches, there's one of those small slips, uh, slip bobbers on it. And then you've got a trolling sinker at the top of the rig. So the trolling sinker is about maybe three-quarters of an ounce, and that keeps it down on the bottom. And then the little the little um, bobber there, the little slip bobber, you set that so it keeps that bait just right above the bottom, right in the strike zone. You know, it doesn't keep it down in the, in the dirt, but it keeps it right there and maybe just bounces a little bit. But you can just – I can feel that 
trolling sinker just dragging along the bottom, and as long as I can keep that down there, I usually have pretty good luck with it. But nice. Um, yeah. No, I've and I've found out by uh, Jim, you know, and the guy that uh, is on here from North Atlanta. He's from he fishes the coast a lot, and that's a real good tactic too for trout when they get down when the when the uh, tide's going out and the trout dive down and get into the deep tra- uh, troughs in the river and stuff. You can use a rig like that. It'll if there's some grass on the bottom or something, you just set that bobber a little bit higher and it'll hold the bait up and the and you can tell when you hit the bottom because you can feel that troll and sinker hit. So it'll hold your bait up. It's kind of like using a floating bait, you know, but with a, bo- sure. a, a weight in front of it. And it's a it's a cool little fish finder rig, you know. It's kind of a knocker rig, but the sinker is, you know, it's it's a trolling sinker, and you don't get much drag on it when you're fighting a fish and stuff like that. But it's kind of it, it's a different way to 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 do it. It's the only way I've had any luck in catching flounder, though. <laughs> I'm just I'm, <laughs> hey I'm just man, not... yeah. Every region has has a different way of catching flounder. It's just. Uh, up in uh, Massachusetts, they they use chum pots up there and crack corn and anything to lure the fish in. They bounce those those pots full of clam on the bottom, and that attracts right. the fish up there. Yeah, a can of cat food, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I think probably um, the guys I know that can really get flounder really good are the ones down here with the. Uh, the John boats with the big lights, and they stand up on the platform on the front of the boat, <laughs> and they spear them. <laughs> oh. uh, that's that's almost cheating. <laughs> I know, right? You're just kind of cruising along at night. You got a generator in the middle of the boat running, powering <laughs> up some big freaking lights. You know, I mean, I think it's a little bit cooler the guys who are doing it with a bow. You know, but that's cool. Uh, yeah, but it's you can't still miss you with know. a bow. You're not going to miss with a big stick. Yeah, you just get it right down there and stab them, you know. But uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, but it's a lot of noise, and it's I don't like being out there with them big giant lights, you know. Down here in the south, you get some monster mosquitoes coming around at night too. So, oh sure, (laughs) grasshoppers, giant moths. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, you're just constantly getting bombarded and stuff. So, but. yeah, that's uh, that's cool, man. I never, I don't think we've ever really talked about you know your fishery and and how you guys do it up there. I know we've asked you questions before and stuff, but it's just kind of neat. I mean, you know, different places and stuff. I've gotten the thing. I mean, my p- opportunities to fish in different places have usually been around the world in my previous life as a marine, going to different places, different countries, and fishing there. But I've never been. I don't think I've ever fished any further north than North Carolina. So always wanted to come up in that area. And if you look back in historically, uh, you know, the fisheries along the New England coast, heck, man, the the Europeans were fishing from Jersey north for years, years before anybody ever made landfall, you know. In fact, I think oh, the sure. old sailors would just say never, never get off the boat, right, because they never came back. <laughs> but... Uh, they were always chasing the big, uh, big stripers and stuff like that. I mean, so it's kind of interesting and uh, that. And then uh, it's just it's interesting to look at the historical fisheries and you know how for so long 
you're from your neck of the woods north was fished for for years before Columbus and all that kind of crap, you know. So and that's pil- amazing. I still produces fish, you know. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's I mean, a lot it's, of incredi- it's an incredible bounty, you know. For uh, centuries now, people have been fishing out there and stuff, and then and you think too about the, you know, you're looking at the early settlers in North America and what it, I mean, just the amount of fish and food Excuse me. from, from that area, you know? I mean, it was like, I, I would have I survived pretty well, I think, you know, you come over and, you know, you, you look at where they left in an area that, you know, I mean, Europe and England, Great Britain area was just pretty much wiped out from overpopulation and real bad water and all that kind of stuff. So they're coming over here and they jump on shore and I mean, there's freaking fish everywhere and clams and mussels and lobsters and all that kind of stuff, man. It's like, you know, could have eat for years, right? Absolutely. Um, pretty cool stuff and kind of the historical fisheries area up there so I always want to come up there too and and go out and try chasing down a big old BFT you know (laughs) yeah they 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 catch them right uh, right offshore here I mean they gotta go pretty far it's like 30 miles out right yeah up in in Cape Cod you know they just go right off the uh the uh, tip there. You ever go? You ever go fishing for big bluefin? I have not. No. Are, it's on my bucket other, list. It's on your bucket list, yeah. You go after yeah. a grander. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just some big monstrous fish, man. I watched that show a couple of times. Wicked tuna, you know, just watching those guys fight those fish, and that's crazy, man. And they got some big gear too. They're going after them with. So, from what I understand, the um, the licenses to catch the the uh, bluefin up here are so out of the like very expensive that um, if you charter a boat to catch bluefin tuna and you catch the, the fish, you don't right. actually get to keep any any of the uh, fare from it. Really? That all goes to the boat. Yeah. So I mean, it's the thrill of catching the fish. I guess is what you're looking for. But right. Who would want some fresh bluefin? You know. Yeah. Now, and well, I mean the the amount of money that that fish is worth. So, and I don't know if they're like any other tuna, you know, or like uh, you guys fish for uh, bonita or albacore, false albies or whatever they call them. Yeah, false albies will be in 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 October. We go out with them on the kayaks and just let them tow us around and stuff. The little footballs. (laughs) Yeah, little football that that'll uh, tear your arm off. Right. (laughs) But, I mean, those fish there, you know, when you catch one of those, it's like, I mean, we we cut them up for bait, but they're usually, they fight so damn hard, they're dead by the time you get them to the boat. Yeah, pretty much. And it's and unfortunate, they're not edible. Yeah. I don't know, we got some people down here that'll eat them. So, <laughs> yeah, they bleed them out, man, and call it poor man's tuna, but I don't know, they're pretty bloody fish. They make a lot better bait they than they do. I mean, they make great belly strips and stuff like that. I mean, so we always, you know, they, they, I, I've seen them schools, we call them uh, Bonita, and 
I've seen schools that were 300 yards deep and mile long, just huge schools of these Bonita. I mean, absolutely incredible. And what a great day. You just almost want to just, I mean, we'd have our kids on the boat, but you just want to go up to the beach and grab all the kids and say, come on out here, you know, and you put light tackle with some silver spoons and just troll right through the middle of them. And it's like just fighting the crap out of those little rascals, man. But nice. but I, I can imagine, you know, that fish, you know, they're just about wiped out by the time you bring them to the boat. It's kind of hard to do a catch and release with that little fish. I can't imagine, you know, a six, 800-pound bluefin tuna, how much lactic acid would be built up in that fish after a fight. And I don't think any fight with a bluefin tuna is going to be a quick one. Well, I mean, you see the gear they use. Yeah. I mean, you're still talking probably about a half hour to an hour fight. Right on the size, but yeah. um, I I think they use that big gear just to get those fish up as fast as they can, so it doesn't spoil the meat. Yeah, there's just then, so much. Then it's right heat. on ice. So. Yeah, has there has there ever been? I don't know. I mean, has there ever been anybody that you know of or heard of that's caught a bluefin tuna out of a kayak? No, not that I've heard of. I I think that would make some big news. You would think, right? I mean, yeah. Maybe not really. What do they? I forget the how they grade them. You know, there's like schoolie size, and these are you know just the small ones. They got to be like fifty, sixty inches, right, for like legal or something like that. And yeah. they're 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 under the marine. What do they call them? Migratory Fisheries Act or something like that. You have to have a special permit for them and all that. Yeah, exactly. I, actually, last year. Um, a guy on Long Beach Island here in New Jersey caught one off the surf. Whoa. 600 pounder. And the uh, <laughs> federal government came in and took the fish. And he didn't, he didn't have a permit to catch it. Yeah. Really? Too bad for that guy, man. No kidding, I don't know if they right? find them or not. They probably did, just because. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I guess that's something you just don't tell anybody about. <laughs> you yeah. know? But, it's a big bonita. It's a huge album. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Biggest... they've seen the elephants right off the beach here this past month. Really? Yeah. Is that, like, unusual, or why would they be up that close? Is there a lot of bait up? It or... is very unusual. Well, what's been going on, I read in the paper, is um, Rutgers University up here. They've been doing um, what they call seismic testing, where they're uh-huh. blasting the, the sea bottom with sound. Right, and uh, a lot of the fishermen are really up in arms about it because it's it's moving the fish where they're not supposed to be. They don't know if it's killing the fish or not. But this uh-huh. is the whole like global warming study and stuff. Yeah, where they're they're, they're breaking up the bottom, I guess, to get uh, samples out of the earth. Huh. Yeah. And it's so just I, moving the fish around. That's why stuff. the tuna are in so close. Hmm. I guess it's as good a theory as any. I mean, I'm sure there's some alien associations and other things like that, but uh, it's all uh, testing for for global warming stuff. I don't know. Right. So interesting stuff, man. Interesting. What's the uh, what's the biggest striper you've ever caught up there? Uh, on a boat, 45 pounds. On a boat? How about on a kayak? Uh, kayak, about 30 pounds, which is a nice fish. 
Yeah. I haven't had a monster monster yet. I'm, I'm still still looking still for one for of those. Yeah. yeah, one of those <laughs> one of those kayak Kevin specials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's uh, one of our usual trips. We go down to fish the, the concrete ships down there uh, right. in Shore, Virginia, in uh, December. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Went two years ago, and we all got skunked. <laughs> uh, I caught one dogfish. That was the only fish caught the entire weekend. And we went to go last year, but I forget what happened. I I, I think uh oh yes, yeah, right. A big nor'east storm came in. Oh okay. And uh, yeah, it was that was in December last year. So that kind of killed our weekend. We stayed home. Rain, wind. Oh. It's just no point even driving all the way down there to to turn around and come home or to camp yeah. out in the rain. So. Right. We're hoping for cool. it this year. Crossing our fingers, but. The way the way that the summer has been cooling down, it might be a pretty nasty winter again. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking too. You know, is we've been having all these cold fronts, and we've been having a lot of strange fronts move through down here in the south. Typically, this time of year, all the fronts come from the west, move to the east, kind of southeast, and, and move off. We've had fronts coming in. I mean, heck, the other morning we got up, it was 58 degrees here. It was like crazy, man, in July. Yeah. So. But and now it's the end of summer, right? Labor Day weekend, yeah. man. I mean, the today it didn't even hit 80 degrees here. Really? 79, I think, was the high. Uh, we got up into the 90s, but it was a little warmer today. But we got real low humidity. You know, it hasn't been really a bad summer at all down here. It's typical southern high humidity, sticky, nasty. You know, 90% humidity and 90 degrees when it's really ugly. But uh, sure. it hasn't been that bad at all down here this year. So, unfortunately, you know what? I don't mind it. As long as it's not windy. That's the big thing yeah, for us. Right? Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, the the kind of fronts. That I think the last time I saw these fronts, I was I was down in Pensacola, and these things were... Because they come, and everything moves to the east. So you got this east wind, and it's really nasty along the panhandle because when you go out, you just... You kind of you kind of work your way from the beach to the southeast to get out to the fishing grounds. And so you're constantly bucking wind and waves and you're just soaking wet by the time you get out to your fishing spot and then work your way back in and you're getting following seas, swamping you and get sideways and all that kind of crap when you're trying to land. So, but yeah, I gotta tell you this year has been tough with the wind. Um, my fishing was not as good as last year this year because of it and trying right. to find those spots where you're sheltered not the best fishing grounds most of the time. Need to get to Fortunately. Yeah, you don't have much shelter there, do you? Pretty much. Uh, comes, west is looks back. like a big giant That's funnel right there. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, anything northeast, east, southeast, even north is rough. Um, south can be rough, but west is best, and hasn't been a lot of that this year. It's been, even southwest is rough. Really? But, um, yeah, so... So it's only been a couple of days, and and it's only been in the past three weeks, I guess, that the wind kind of settled down a bit, and we had some glassy days out there, which was beautiful, and the fishing was excellent. Yeah. Hmm. Being a kayak angler and paddling, it's just, when it's really windy, it's it's just a rough day. Oh, yeah. No, it's not fun to paddle into the wind and stuff, man. Not at all. And it always seems to, I don't care where you're at, when you're when you're kayak fishing, 
and you paddle out, you're usually paddling into the wind, and by the time you get ready to go back in, you're paddling into the wind again. It's kind of like uphill both ways. Um, eh, it's pretty typical. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So, right. Do you guys get, um, I'm looking, I'm actually looking at Google Maps here, looking at the Raritan Bay, Lower Bay, Sandy Hook Bay, and I see to the north there, there's like Sheep's Head Bay. So you guys get Sheep's Head up there and stuff? Uh, yeah, actually, this time of year, you'll see them, but only out in the ocean, where those rock piles are, uh-huh. from when they built Manhattan and New York City. Right. They, they hang on those rocks. We get those. We get a lot of big uh, tog. Tog. So, so you get the ta tog up there? Yep. And they're big. I mean, guy had one off of uh, Long Island last year that was like 35 pounds or something ridiculous. Holy crap. A yeah. sheep's head or I, I a tog? A tog. Oh, okay. A buddy Man. of mine had a sheep's head last year in in uh, North Wildwood. That's way down south in Cape Mac, New Jersey. The the uh-huh. little peninsula that comes out. Right. He had a twenty-seven point eight pound sheep's head down there. Holy crap! That's sheep that silver, man. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. Man. You ever fish ever out? Since Hurricane Sandy came through, the, the different types of species of fish have been around. Like last year, it was croaker and spot city, and we hadn't seen that in a couple of years. Right. And um, actually, we were catching speckled trout in the winter after Hurricane oh. Sandy. And you Kinda never see them, them up. come up here. Push yeah. them around and stuff, yeah. You ever fish out Long Beach Long or Jones Beach Island out in that area? Uh, not too much New yeah. York. No? New York's just a tough drive. I mean, you'd be spending a night. Typically. I guess so, yeah. Hmm. Cool. It's just going through the city and everything. And for a guy like me that can only really fish weekends hard, Yeah. It, it's, that's a tough ride for But Montauk Point, that's the place to go, like right now. Um, striped bass are going to start showing up there. So it's fixing to get good, huh? Yeah, and it's that place is is unreal. Um, when the stripers move through there, it's a uh, it's a feeding frenzy. They just blow up on the uh, the sardines out there. Right. Hmm. And do, do you use live bait, or are you just throwing plugs at them then? Uh, just plugs typically. You could use uh, eels in in the fall, American eels, and uh, sand eels work really well too. Right. Cool. 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 Well, that that's a good thing you showed up tonight, man. Gave me something interesting to talk about and learn a little bit about fishing off of Jersey. Hey, no problem. So, uh, do you go back up in the river there, the Raritan River and that kind of area? Is there good fishing back up in there? There's yeah, there's really good fishing in there in the spring when the when the striped bass go up that river to spawn when they come oh, back okay. out of there after they do their spawn run. Um, and then that back out. bay area there is excellent fishing. They're just looking for chow as soon as they're coming back out, right? Yeah. I mean, this year, it, the bass fishing was decent back there. It wasn't as good as most years. But big, big bluefish were back there for about two months. Oh. Like, I'm talking, like, 34-inch bluefish. Wow. Yeah. Wear your Kevlar gloves for those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, cool, man. 
We've got a... Let's see what we've got coming up. What's on the calendar? You guys got some uh, events coming up for your uh, Heroes on the Water chapter? Yeah, we got four events coming up starting next weekend. Um, uh-huh. They're every weekend. Right. Uh, the first one's going to be actually on Sandy Hook, which is still on that map there, right at the tip on the Coast yeah. Guard Station is is hosting us. Cool. That's uh, Coast Guard Station number one there. Number one. Number one. Neat. And then we have two freshwater events after that. Um, one's on the Manasquan Reservoir, which is where the the uh, founder of Power Team Lures developed all his baits. Cool. A couple of years ago. I'm not sure when he started. Uh-huh. And then after that, um, I think it's Lake Marlou, I believe. That's another freshwater lake in central Jersey. Cool. And then after that, we're back up at Picatinny Arsenal, which is um, a little bit north of me. Uh-huh. That's another freshwater event also. Cool. The, uh, the Army base there hosts us. It's a nice place to fish, uh, good pickerel fishing. Right. They like shiny things. They sure do. <laughs> so, all right. Cool. What about any, uh, you got any uh, tournaments or anything looking at? Uh, I'm looking at on... I believe it's September 12th. The Chesapeake Bay Kayak Association is having a tournament. It's their fourth annual. Uh-huh. Um, their tournament's held right by the uh, the Bay Bridge that goes over the Chesapeake Bay. Kind of uh, heads into uh, D.C. there, Route 50. Right. And they have their tournament around there, catching striped bass and uh, um, bluefish and... I forget what else I get down there, but um, it seems like a pretty cool event. I've first this would be my first year attending it. Cool. Um, it's uh, benefiting the Make a Wish Foundation of the Tidewater uh-huh. and the uh, uh, Chesapeake uh, Marine Fisheries Association. I forget what the it's like one of the conservation associations right. for the Chesapeake Bay down there. Cool. Got that one, and then in October. Um, uh, the kayak fishing store. They're, they're a local uh, kayak fishing shop. Paul. They're putting on a, yeah. yeah, Paul. Now they're putting on their uh, their jamboree, kayak fishing jamboree. It's just a bunch of kayak anglers, kind of like the Boondoggle. Right. Uh, except it's a small entry fee that benefits heroes on the water. And uh, just a bunch of guys getting together fishing. Um, a lot of great giveaways. Great food. We have a little dinner or a big dinner. I, mean, I think last year we probably passed 250 anglers. Nice. So it's it's getting bigger every year, and that was, I believe, the fourth annual. So this year will be the fifth. I would go just so I could go in and see Paul's shop. That's really a cool looking shop up there. Um, yeah, he's got one up in Fairfield, which is in North Jersey, and then he's got one down there in uh, in North Wildwood, and that that's uh-huh. where the uh, chambery is held. Cool. That'll be striped bass and tog fishing, and maybe the redfish will hang around. We don't know. They're good folks. Like you every come time up. we get down there, they're gone. Got to quit. Got to quit telling everybody when you're going. Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. The fish read the papers. So, and speaking of October, October uh, means uh, Columbus Day weekend and Columbus Day weekend, which is I think October 10th through the 14th this year. 
kayakfishingboondoggle.com. Go there, register. I think they're closing out. They're, I think this weekend is the last weekend for T-shirts. Uh, they're going to make an order and get that set up so they can have it ready to go for the uh, bring the shirts to the boondoggle. But uh, we'll be uh, we'll be bringing on some of the uh, vendors that'll be appearing at the uh, kayak fishing boondoggle. It's uh, like I said, it's Columbus Day weekend, the 10th through the 14th. It's down at Cars Park in uh, Merritt Island, Florida. To the north side is uh, the uh, infamous uh, Mosquito Lagoon, and Cars sits right on the uh, um, the no motor zone which is basically the whole area where all of the launch pads for NASA and stuff like that. Cars is a, is a, a park for NASA. And uh, so they're hosting it, and there's going to be, this is the Boondoggle X. This is the big Boondoggle where they invite the vendors to set up booths and everything. For, folks can come down. The last time we did it in Cars, we had probably 500 kayakers show up, and we had a really good time. Uh, Native Watercraft will be there. Woody will be joining us here on the show pretty soon. Also, Luther from Yak Attack will be uh, joining us here. Wilderness Systems. Austin Kayak is going to show up with uh, their crew, Bending Branches, NRS, and uh, Werner Paddle. So, And those folks will all be joining us here in the next month uh, on Kayak Fishing Radio. They may be on a Monday night or a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, but uh, we'll be having them on board and talking about what they're going to be bringing to the boondoggle, what they're what they're doing in the industry and stuff like that. I know it's always fun to have Woody on, on the show and from Native, and uh, Luther is a really interesting guy. If you're not familiar with Yak Attack products, uh, Luther is kind of the MacGyver of the kayak world. That guy has come up with some really interesting stuff and a real nice guy. So um, look forward to having those guys on board with us and joining us here on Buzzards Row to just chat about kayak fishing in general and products and stuff like that. So we've got some st- cool stuff coming up, and the podcast will be available all the time. Um, I think that's about it, man. You're going to get out? If the wind dies down, you're going to try to fish this weekend, right? Yeah, I'm going to go out tomorrow no matter what in the morning since I have a day off. And uh, I'm getting paid to fish, and I'm going to see if I can get out there. Very nice, very nice. Always good to get paid to fish. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna break out the boat this weekend and uh, go to uh, see what's going on in the little freshwater ponds and see if I can annoy some, uh, some green fish and maybe some crappie and brim or something like that maybe i'll take the fly rod and a popper and see what see what i can get into or get me a sure, bucket of, bucket of crickets or something you know so it's the last weekend of the summer and then we're moving into winter time and just not enough hours in the day at least not enough daylight hours in the day so not my favorite time of year but um not yours either when you get iced over and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, not at all. <laughs> all right, Matt. Thanks for joining us tonight, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Good luck this sure. weekend. Have a safe weekend. Uh, it's uh, Labor Day, so watch the traffic. And uh, also, oh, yeah, man, college football kicks off this weekend, doesn't it? Yeah. So and, uh, looking forward. NFL starts next weekend. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, right? All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next time. 
Folks, All right, sounds good. Yep, you can join us anytime here on Kayak Fishing Radio. Monday nights, Chuck kicks it off with the Redfish Chuck Show. Monday night kickoff. Wednesday nights, we have the Low Sodium Show with Mark Lanny Crew Wheeler. Join him and uh, get your green fish on. And we're back here again next Thursday night on Buzzards Road, just ruminating over kayak fishing and other such things. So take a kid fishing. You won't uh, you won't regret it. If you know they're fishing, you know they're not in trouble. So stay out of the weather, tight lines. Good night, Matt. We'll see you next time. Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.